1: there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Yeah, I, That sounds... really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on, <gasps> if you would just... Don't! Try
0: to see things my way I have to keep on talking till I can go on. We can work it out. We can work it out.
1: Communication can be tough sometimes, right? Uh, my name is Luke, I'm one of the pastors and we're wrapping up this 4-week series that we've done on marriage called All I Want for Christmas Is You. And before we uh, get into that more, I just want to tell you a little bit about where we're headed in the coming weeks in terms of sermons and teaching and stuff like that. So next Sunday, or next Saturday, is Christmas Eve. You've heard about that. We'll celebrate Jesus. The following Sunday is January 1st. Please come January 1st. I don't want to be here by myself January 1st, so please join us. And that day what we're going to do is really ask a series of questions that help you reflect back on 2016 and help you think about how to make 2017 a year that uh, is filled with the joy of the Lord and honoring Him. And so we'd love to have you join us for that. And then on January 8th, which is the day that a bunch of you won't be in this service, you'll come at 5. On that day... We're going to be starting a new series in the book of Acts, and uh, the book of Acts is something we're going to study really for most of 2017, Uh, just looking kind of chunk by chunk through the scripture and really seeing what uh, happened in the early church and how God worked through that. Uh, So if you've never heard the story of the early uh, parts of Christianity, you'll want to be here and join us for that. So that's January 8th that that begins. Another thing I want to mention is that we realize that this series is really just scratching the surface as it relates to marriage, and there may be some of you that really want to go deeper, and so I want to tell you a couple ways to go deeper. Uh, One option is we're going to start a uh, a marriage small group that is actually going to begin on January 24th, and it's going to go through May, Um, and this small group is going to be led by a couple, a few experienced couples. And um, it's very limited space. I think before this morning there were seven uh, slots remaining for seven couples. And so if you would like to be part of this, make sure you write down uh, that uh, website address or go to Facebook or Twitter and you can find the information that you can get signed up for that. If you want to just participate in that, that's an option. Um, the other thing that you may be just needing to know is that our church offers counseling we actually have a a full-time counseling pastor whose job it is to do counseling as well as train other counselors that are part of our church and so um, we don't want you to be walking through the challenges of life and marriage alone and so that is an option that is a resource and if you feel like you need some help Uh, that we could speak into on a short-term basis, or maybe it's even a bigger situation. We would love to come alongside you in that. And so after the service today, um, just grab me or uh, come up and see someone from our prayer team, and we would love to be able to help you uh, take a step uh, towards uh, whatever it is that God wants to do in your life that way. All right? Well, the passage that I had Seth read that we read together just a moment ago from Hebrews 1 uh, might strike us as an odd passage to read related to marriage. It didn't seem to have anything to do with marriage, uh, and it didn't. What it has to do with is communication. What it shows us is that God has always been communicating. In fact, Hebrews 1, 1, and 2 is a kind of summary of the entire Bible. Look again uh, with it at me, or look at it with me, whatever that is. He says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. What this author of Hebrews is saying is that God is a God who speaks. God is always communicating. God is always revealing himself. And if we're made in his image, then that means that we too are, are, are people who communicate. And if you look at the story of the Bible, all through it, God is speaking, right? God creates everything out of nothing using what? His words. Over and over in Genesis 1, it says, and God said, and God said, and God said. God uses his communication to create. God warns Adam and Eve, said, hey, there's this one tree you don't want to eat from that tree, and the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. And they... Eat from it, they rebel against God, and God doesn't then say, Okay, now I'm not talking to you anymore. God doesn't storm out of the room. God comes back and says, you know what, one of your descendants will someday crush the head of that serpent who deceived you. And then God communicates to Abraham, calls Abraham, says, I'm going to form you into a great nation that is going to bless the whole world. Then the whole rest of the Bible is God communicating, God communicating promises, God communicating warnings, God communicating commands, just communicating over and over. And then eventually he sends his son. This is what we celebrate at Jesus, Jesus at Christmas time. And how is Jesus described when he comes john 1 says that jesus is the word made flesh jesus is the communication of god jesus helps us to see who god is and in fact if you read revelation 19 at the end of the story when jesus comes back not as little jesus baby meek and mild but as warrior king jesus It says there in Revelation 19 that the name by which he is called is the word of God. God is a God who communicates. And if we are going to reflect him in our marriages, but really in any of our relationships, we have to somehow grow in our communication. And that's really what today is all about. Now, if you're married, this is going to be the kind of thing you go, oh, yes, I could use some help. We could use some help with communication. But even if you're not married, uh, what we're going to talk about today has application into every relationship. And because we're made in God's image, we are relational beings made in the image of a triune God, and therefore we need to be able to communicate with one another. And our words, oh, they're so powerful. Look at what this says in Proverbs 16 about the power of our words. It says this, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Oh, gracious words. When you Come to someone and say, I'm sorry, and they say, I forgive you, I love you. That's gracious words. When you speak words of encouragement, when you speak words of support, when you speak words that say, hey, I know everyone else is against you, but I am for you and I believe in you, that is like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, health to the body. Right? The, the words that we speak are so powerful, On the other hand, the Proverbs warn that 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 power can be used in damaging ways. Look at this in Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, our words are powerful. The tongue has the power of life and death, it says in the Proverbs, because our words can be honeycomb that are sweet and healing, or they can be sword thrusts. In fact, here's a really daring uh, challenge to give you. Ask the person you're married to or the person you're engaged to or ask your significant other or ask some friend in your life or maybe a roommate, what analogy would you use to describe my words? Are my words like honey? Are my words like sword thrusts? Are my words like the newspaper, just communicating information? my words like Siri, just reminding you what to do? What are my words? What analogy would you use to describe my words? Because our words are so powerful. And yet Hebrews 1 shows us that we communicate with more than just our words. Because God didn't just speak through the words of Jesus, but through Jesus. Jesus himself as a whole person is the communication of God. Right, we know this. We know that that so much of communication isn't just about the words, it's also about what we say, it's about how we say it. It's about our body language, right? Anybody ever post anything to Facebook that no one understood the way you meant it? Anybody ever sent an email and it didn't kind of go across just right? Anybody ever send a text message? Right? Everybody has that uncle who just sends every email in all caps, and you're like, Why are you yelling? Because even in, in email there's there's body language. We can so easily be misunderstood. And so what we want to do today is have a conversation. And that's why you see these chairs. Uh, We're going to have a conversation about how we can communicate better. Because God is reaching out to us through his son, Jesus. And he's making us new. And he's healing our hearts. And in that process, what he wants us to do is to be able to then relate to other people in ways that are more loving and more healthy and more informed and empowered by his spirit. And so that's what we're going to try to discuss a little bit today. So to help me do that, uh, I'm going to invite up Vicki Demert. And uh, Vicki is a counselor, a biblical counselor with the Biblical Counseling uh, Center of Arizona. And she's a member of our church and part of our church. And uh, will you welcome up Vicki? Hey, great to have you. Thanks for helping out. Uh, you can take, this is my good side, so you're. of <laughs> um But uh, I thought that it would just be really valuable after a few weeks of um, hearing God's Word and of hearing sermons to have kind of more of an informal conversation with, with a wise woman um, who has uh, maybe some insights to offer that we haven't talked about yet in this series. And so, um, Vicki, I'm really glad that you could be here and... Um, Appreciate Thank it. you. So, yeah, will you start maybe by just sharing a little bit about yourself, your family, anything like that?
0: Yeah. So I'm married to Matt. We've been married 18 years. Four kids. Uh, we're involved with the foster and adoptive community. Um, about 2009-10, I uh, started my journey in biblical counseling, and um, I applied to be a counselor at Redemption Gilbert and on their counseling team. And then a week later. I submitted submitted an application for counseling, um, so.
1: So you were you had experienced some training to be a counselor. Yeah, had said I I'd like to help out on the team, and mm-hmm. then a week later you went I actually need help.
0: Yeah. Yep. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> was that scary?
0: Yeah, I, I pretty much thought Curtis was going to be very confused and like, do you <laughs> want to counsel? Do you want to be counseled? And it's like yes. Yeah. Both. Do you want a crazy person counseling?
1: (laughs) Well, and I love that because the only people who don't think they need counseling are liars Mm -hmm. Um, or just self-deceived, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we we need counseling, and I think sometimes it's stigmatized or it seems like this bigger thing than it is, but what it is is it's someone coming alongside us and offering biblical wisdom and counsel and insight, and I need that. I have a counselor I talk to on a regular basis, and he speaks all kinds Mm -hmm. of good things into my heart and challenges me in important ways, and... And we need that. So, so we're going to have a conversation about communication. And we talked about a lot of this this week as we were kind of preparing this. We, we thought of a number of challenges that exist in communication um, in all relationships, but particularly in marriage. And we're going to kind of just talk through those challenges and, and, uh, and see if we can be of some encouragement. So the first challenge that, that we want to talk about is that we struggle in communication often because we don't know ourselves. And uh, this is one that I don't think I would have put initially on the top of the list. But you said this is a huge issue mm-hmm. in, in counseling. as You counsel people is communication breaks down because people don't know themselves. What, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, we, we think we know ourselves, but, but we don't. Um, and here's, here's an example. So there was a time when I was really angry at my husband. I was so mad at him. And we were standing in the kitchen and... I had this big orange mug, and I said, I'm going to throw this mug at you. And um, he just stood there. And so I I took it, and I just threw it as hard as I could, but it didn't come off my hand. So I I moved the handle, like, further on my hand, and then I I took another go at it, and it, it didn't come off my hand again. So the third time, I had the handle right at the tip, and I just threw it as hard as I could, and it did a slingshot into my foot, broke open and gashed my foot. And then my husband, you know, we're deciding, do we need to go to urgent care? And I said, I'm not going to urgent care because they're going to ask me what happened and I don't lie. And they're going to think I have an anger problem and I don't have an anger problem. (laughs) So (laughs) we, we talk in general terms. We talk like anybody can live in, in the the realm of oh yeah, I, I struggle with anger, but it's a lot harder to say I struggle with anger and this is how my anger plays out. I I swear at my kids. I try to throw cups and mugs at my husband. I, th- n- like that. That's a oh man, you know that that's becomes a little bit harder yeah. to live in.
1: Well, a lot of times we don't really know why we're angry. Like yeah. I remember uh, I was on sabbatical last summer and um, you know had this extended time off and you know it's just what everyone would dream about having a couple months to be with your family and whatever. And I remember about three weeks into it, I was so angry and I was short with the kids and short with Molly. And I just was like angry. And it's like, I had nothing to be angry about. And I didn't know Mm -hmm. why. And Mm -hmm. it was actually through a counselor that I kind of helped see like a lot of my identity is built on achieving. Well, when you have time off, there's nothing to Mm -hmm. achieve. And so I was angry, but it it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been enough to just go, well, stop being angry. You'd have to go, why am I angry? What's really going on in my heart? And, and all my angry communication. I had to get to the root of well, what mm-hmm. is going on? That's that's knowing yourself.
0: Yeah, and we need help from outside ourselves. Yeah. We need to live in community and, and other people help to to show us that.
1: Yeah, a lot of times we think I got to know myself probably involves a trip to India, right? Or you know, <laughs> I got to go be alone and discover myself. That's not yeah. what we're talking no. about. How mm-hmm. does community help us know ourselves?
0: Um, it it helps us to see. Other other people can see things about us that we can't see. We're, we're blind to we have blind spots yeah. that, that we're blind to but other people aren't. And um, so having other people ask us or, or or even bring things up, it's it's hard to hear, but it's it's helpful. And kinda like what what you were saying, you didn't know why you were yeah. angry. You know, it's it's the same thing. Like when I was so angry at Matt, I didn't I didn't know. What helped me was other people. I went into this there's a naturopathic clinic and there's like a team of people. And there was like, um, I was there for three hours mm. and there was somebody there that, that as we're talking, she said, Vicki, you've experienced so much loss mm. and there's loss happening and there's loss that was going to happen. And I was just in so much pain mm. and it was just chaos. And, and I just started crying. Somebody recognized and validated this, this loss that was mm. happening
1: and a lot of times when we think loss, we think death. Right. But a lot of times there's loss of things we hoped for, things we dreamed yes. about, things mm-hmm. we had expected that didn't come to pass.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And so
1: all that was at the root of some things. Yes.
0: yep. And so if somebody had started talking to me about my anger, it would have been a disconnect. It's was like, okay, like, I know that I'm angry. I know that I'm not handling it well. But, but the step before that would be yeah. like, wow, you, you're in a lot of pain.
1: Yeah. So there's a question that you uh, think we could ask our spouse or other close people mm-hmm. in our lives that could help us get more insight into ourselves? What's, what's that question?
0: It's a Really hard question. Um, what is it like for you to be with me? What is it like to be with me? And um, maybe, do I listen? Do I understand? Do you, do you leave your time with me feeling loved, heard, understood? Or do you leave feeling like all you cared about was yourself? Um, you're angry. I am so scared to be with you. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Though they, might, they might even be afraid to answer that question because cause the person is so angry. Um, a hard question to ask and you have to be willing to hear, hear and receive the answer.
1: So I imagine a lot of people are like thinking okay, I'm not going to look at my spouse right now <laughs> we're definitely not going to ask that question later. Um, <laughs> like, that's an exposing question yeah. and it put someone else in a difficult spot to tell yeah. the truth. How, yeah. Like other than just go, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm sure some people mm-hmm. will benefit from that. Why should we really ask that question? Um, and, and how could we get the courage to ask it maybe?
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you really ever could have the courage, right? And it would be, it'd be easy to ask somebody that you like and you know that likes you. But, but to, really, um, to really ask, you're, you're going to have to just be vulnerable mm. and be willing to, to hear it. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think about where Jesus says the truth will set you free. Yes. And the, the, you know, the Proverbs, the Proverbs talk about that wounds from a friend can be trusted, yeah. but an enemy multiplies kisses, right? People that just tell you what you want to hear. They're not your real friends. Yeah. Um,
0: and, and I would say, um, what do you want that experience to be like for your spouse or for your kids? Yeah. And, and if it's not that, and you're not willing to, to see what it really is, yeah change isn't going to happen. We can't, we can't change something that we don't acknowledge.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we don't know ourselves. That's the first challenge. The second challenge is that we're, we're all pretty bad at listening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of funny because, you know, as I talk to most people, I, have had a lot of people say, Oh, I'm a very good listener. I've never <laughs> had anyone say I'm a really bad listener. Like, I think we all think that, yeah, there's problems with communication, but we're not the problem. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in your experience as a counselor, you you see, like, we're bad at listening. Yeah. How do you see that?
0: We're really bad at listening. We all assume that we listen. We assume that we understand. We assume we know what's going on. Um, the only thing that I assume is that I don't understand, hmm. that there's something about this person or this situation that I don't know. And um, if I'm not willing to to listen and really enter into what their story, their perspective is, then and I'm going to offer advice, yeah. it's going to be a disconnect. It's not going to make sense. They're going to just leave feeling like you don't, you don't know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, if you think you know everything already, you think mm-hmm. you've listened already, then I don't have to probe. I don't have to. Yeah, 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 I got it. But if you take on a mindset, this is, you know, I've been thinking about this in, in mm-hmm. our conversations over the last uh, weeks, thinking, okay, if I go into a relationship assuming I'm not a good listener, mm-hmm then that makes it, I've got to ask questions, I've got to clarify, do you mean this? Is this what I am hearing you say? You know, I've got to pay attention more. Um, I think, man, if we all just assumed we were bad listeners and we needed to overcome that, mm-hmm. gosh, that would go a long way.
0: Yeah, if you can retell somebody's story or perspective to them in a way that they would say, yeah, that's right. But that, that takes sacrifice on your part because you have to die to um, your own perspective, whether or not you agree or not. Yeah. Um, whether or not you think it's important, you know, it's, that becomes irrelevant if you're really going to listen well.
1: Yeah, a lot of times we're trying to size up whether, well, you shouldn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. You know, or we're trying to figure out who's right or wrong rather than just really listening. Um, you, you shared a story about um, your daughter mm-hmm. and uh, something that allowed you to really hear her. Will you, will you share that story?
0: Yeah. So um, my daughter, um, Eden, she was, well, my kids fight a lot. And...
1: No one else knows what that's like. Okay, yeah.
0: (laughs) I shouldn't say a lot. Sometimes, every now and then. Um, So so they'd be fighting, and we would tell them to stop, and and the others would stop. But Eden, she she would keep uh, arguing and and pushing back and and being sassy. And so we would send her to her room. And it was just kind of getting out of hand, and we didn't know what was going on. And, you know, being a counselor, I thought, I should be able to figure this out. (laughs) And... (laughs) um, so I went, I went up, and the re- our perspective, Matt and I, was you're in trouble because you continue to talk back and be disrespectful and sassy. That's why you're, you're in a timeout. But for her, you know, I, I had her actually draw a picture. Eden, what do you see going on? Draw it out for me. Hmm. And so she drew herself in, over here, and then she drew the rest of the family over here having ice cream. And so... Um, I said, okay, tell me about this. And she's like, well, it doesn't matter who gets in trouble. If Eli disobeys, I, I have to take the punishment. If Mia disobeys, I have to take the punishment. And so I'm outside, and you guys are all over here having ice cream and, and being, being together. And I'm, I'm outside, outside the camp, sort of. Mm-hmm. And um, if you enter into that, you're like, wow, that... That's hard. Can you imagine? Because
1: well, yeah, because you could spend a lot of time going, well, no, 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 Here's all the reasons why it's not like that. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. wrong, and your perspective isn't correct. But you actually said, I need to listen to this. Yeah. She's she's saying something important that I need to hear.
0: Yes. Yep. Right, because it would have been so easy to bring our perspective that the reason why you're getting a child is because of this, but, but that wasn't how she was experiencing it. Yeah. And um, so is a... Entering into her perspective allowed me to bring the gospel to her in a new way because I, you know, as we're talking, I was like, you know, Eden, there's somebody else that mm-hmm. took punishment that wasn't his, mm-hmm. and, and you get to kind of experience a, a taste of what Jesus did on our behalf, and now if I'm more concerned about my perspective or her agreeing with me or, or me, whatever, I would have missed that, that opportunity mm-hmm. to be like, look, look what Jesus did for us.
1: Yeah. Well, and it also gave you a chance to adjust how you did discipline and yeah. who else got sent to their room. Yeah, <laughs> so like we, that.
0: that's yeah. really funny because we, we did. So we said, okay, there's, there's truth in her, in her perspective. I'm going to look for, for truth in this. And so then we got the kids together and we said, if there's an argument, you're going to your room. It doesn't matter, whatever. It just, if there's a fight, you're both going to your room. So, there, the, and we told the kids it was laid out. And next <laughs> time there's a, a fight, we send them both to the, you know, Eli and Eden to their room. And. Eli kind of just went, like, what are you doing? Why are you sending me to my, my room? Like, Eden is the one that takes, takes the punishment. And yeah. he kind of just went crazy. <laughs> and Matt and I are like, where are the cameras? What the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is, you know, so it yeah. was really, there was truth in what she was saying. And we had to be willing to change what we were doing in our approach. Yeah. Um, but if we were right, we would have missed that. And, and obviously, that is kind of how all of the kids had experienced yeah. it because... Why am I getting in trouble? Ethan's the one that should be taking the blame.
1: Yeah. When it comes to mind, just as we're talking about listening, that I think there are probably some folks in the room that feel like, I wish my spouse would just share more. Mm -hmm. I wish they would tell me more of what they're really thinking. I wish I could kind of, I wish I didn't have to try to read their mind as much. And I wonder if people who feel like that, if this might be God's invitation to say, well, what if you got better at listening? Mm -hmm. Might they be more willing to share more if they thought you would actually listen? Um, so maybe that's a challenge. Yes. So a third uh, challenge that we have seen in communication is, uh, we've kind of hit on this, is that we, we want or need to be right. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of view communication and view the relationship as one of us has to win, uh, one of us has to be right. H- how is that, what kind of damage does that do to a relationship?
0: If you have to be right, so you're going to be right but the person the other person is going to be run over in the process. Hmm. So so yeah, you you are right and you got your point across and maybe you even got that person to concede to to your perspective yeah. but you lost them in the process hmm. and they're they're going to be less likely to to come and share with you yeah. the next time.
1: Yeah. it's it's interesting as you think about the the scriptures right in Genesis 2 uh, God describes this marriage as that they were one flesh, right? Mm -hmm. There was this intimacy and closeness. They were on the same team uh, to such a significant and vivid degree. And then the next chapter, Genesis 3, after they rebel against God, they start worrying about who's right and whose fault it is. And uh, God even says, hey, here's what's going to happen is, uh, wife, you're going to have a hard time trying not to, you know, be in charge of everything. And husband, you're going to have a hard time not dominating your wife. And all of a sudden, that oneness... Kind of gets split up because of sin and now instead of seeing it as as we need to win together by being mm-hmm. one it becomes i need to win and i need to prove my point and i need to be right um, how do we break free from that
0: there is so much freedom in being wrong hmm. i i'm free to be wrong i don't have to justify myself i don't have to be the person that's right um because it's paid for it's done hmm. and if we can live in that, that freedom of forgiveness, then I don't have to justify. I can say um, I was wrong in this situation, or I can be like, I don't have to be heard. I don't have to be right. I can allow you to, um, to be right or for you to be heard and understood. And, and actually, if we got rid of the whole like, right or wrong or agree or disagree, we'd really live in so much more hmm. harmony.
1: Yeah, Molly and I have had to tell each other a lot over our 15 years of marriage, we're on the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. Like this, remember, in this conversation, we're on the same team, but man, that is hard. Um, you said you just said there's a lot of freedom in being wrong, and you explained it. But I want you to explain it again or more because I think that is a that's a powerful and yet surprising thing. Like freedom in being wrong. I don't. Mm. Who wants to be wrong?
0: Right. It's not.
1: Why is there freedom in being wrong?
0: It's not fun, but I don't because I don't have to be right. <laughs> hmm. And it frees me to be able to, to love other people in ways that, that I couldn't love them hmm. if I have to be right. Hmm. Um, and here, here's an example. Um, one summer I was out on, we're visiting my dad and he lives on a lake and my sister and I were out on the boat with the kids and we were, the kids were tubing and I was driving and the tube like flipped and the kids went flying in the air. And um, so my sister, you know, we didn't know if they got hurt, you know, it was kind of funny, but, um, <laughs> you know, did they get hurt and, and so we, we kind of started fighting a little bit mm-hmm. on, out on the boat. And um, it, there was, I just wanted, my sister was like, I just want to go back to the dock, I'm done. I want to go back to the dock. And um, there was a moment where I was like, you know, what, what, what's going on, what happened? And you're yelling at me. And so th- for me to be like, you're right, I was yelling at you. Hmm. I'm really sorry. That wasn't okay. I was, um, you know, and like, it was kind of disarming for her because, you know, if, if you know, you're ready to throw another stone or yeah. an arrow and the person agrees with you, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> like, okay, that's kind of anticlimactic. Like, I'm, I have another stone to throw. And, yeah. and you know, so, like, it, it kind of disarms people and it stops them. So she like, okay, you're agreeing with me that you were not kind to me. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. I I wasn't. We want it in return though. And Mm -hmm. we won't always get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Just even as I think about these three things, we don't know ourselves. We're bad at listening. We want or need to be right. What's interesting there is you don't have to be a Christian to realize those are good Mm -hmm. principles for communication. But why I think they're so important. And what the point I want to make is that as christians we have power and resources to actually live that way that without christ you don't have right and so this is a great example like if if you don't have the good news of christ in your life you have to be right because your identity is built on i'm right i'm good i'm whatever but by becoming a christian The way you become a Christian is by admitting you're wrong. Mm -hmm. It's by saying, I don't have my act together. I don't have any, like, I don't have any game here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a loser and I need Christ. Like, and so that gives you a whole new power to not have to be right.
0: Yeah. And we live in a culture that wants everybody to feel good. Mm -hmm. And so we don't, you know, if you feel guilty, oh, it's okay. Like when, when we short circuit guilt, Mm -hmm. Right, because guilt is what shows us our need for Christ. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you are guilty, and yeah. it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And um, we, we can look to Christ. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm like, oh, don't worry about it, everybody yells and throws mugs at their husbands, you know, <laughs> like, like it's a common thing, you know, then you're not going to really see your need for, yeah. for forgiveness.
1: Yeah, but seeing that need for forgiveness enables you to not have to be right. It enables yeah. you to grow as a listener. Yes. Because mm-hmm. as Christians, our. Our words to God are always the second word, right? It's always mm-hmm. after he's spoken and mm-hmm. we have to listen to him, right? We have insights into ourselves because the scripture gives us, you know, a, a sense of, okay, here's some of the darkness and the shadow sides of your heart. Um, not to mention that we get the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? The Holy Spirit. How, how, do you, how, do you see, um, how do you see the gospel and the good news of Christ fueling all of the, you know, our response to all these things?
0: Um, I think the gospel enters in in surprising ways. Mm. We we anticipate sometimes. I think we truncate the gospel to you've sinned um, and you're forgiven, or look at the cross, you know. But it, it's it's so much more robust than that. Mm. Um, that, that is obviously like the <laughs> foundational, but it's also you know, Scripture gives voice to our our experience, mm. and when we experience rejection, we can look at the cross. And yeah. See that Christ experienced rejection, and through his rejection, we have complete acceptance. Hmm. Right? That's that, there's a surprising you yeah. know, when we experience betrayal, you know, merges that, that there's been a betrayal and unfaithfulness. We can look at the cross and be Jesus experienced betrayal, hmm. but through his betrayal and on the cross, the, it's a prime example of his faithfulness to hmm. us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, hmm.
1: so you have a phrase that you use called uh, a grace hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, you encourage us to go on a grace hunt. Talk about what a grace hunt is. I mean, what, what comes to my head when I hear it is that God is looking for opportunities to give us grace all the time, right? I think, we, I think one of the best questions we can ask is like, if, if God wanted to see you right now and you walked into his office, what would the look on his face be? Yeah. Right, and even the question betrays that we imagine God's in an office, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? yeah. Um Because we think God's on a hunt, ah, oh, gotcha, wham, I'm going to yeah. knock you down, I'm going to get you, I'm going to show you, you really blew it. Um, and, and God does bring conviction, but always to bring grace. God's yeah. always pursuing us with grace. So what is a grace hunt?
0: So a grace hunt, it anticipates a few things. It anticipates that we are image bearers, you know, that, that I'm going to anticipate that you're going to reflect um, God to me. You know, mm. we're we're shattered image bearers, but we're mm. image bearers. Yeah. And and so I'm going to, I'm going to be looking for that, that, that we're sufferers, we're um, we experience suffering, so mm. so like with the whole mug throwing incident, um, <laughs> that we're gonna maybe there's suffering there. It's going it's not gonna just see the bad. We're gonna look for for the good, mm. um, the hard, yeah, and 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 then maybe the bad if there, if there's time for that. But if you know if we yeah. go, we're, we're gonna look for specific faith responses. Like we when we talk in generals, we send in specifics, but we also respond in faith yeah. specifically. And so a faith hunt is gonna going to see that and pull that out.
1: Now you, you told me about a a situation with a woman who was in a difficult marriage Mm -hmm. and she started going on a grace hunt. Mm -hmm. And what, can you tell a little bit of that story?
0: Yeah. So she was in a, in a very oppressive marriage. It was not good. She was not being loved well by her husband. And so we, so we, we look at that and for me to look at her and be like, yeah, this is, this is hard. If I only focus on how she's, her response, um, there's going to be a disconnect, but you know, like on a scale of 1 to 10. Her pain level is like at a 10. You know, like, what do you do with that? And so, you know, entering into her pain, but giving her specific things to do in her marriage. And so, so kind of, okay, let's, let's look at um, your husband. And she came into the office, you know, she'd been, okay, I'm going to grace out my husband. And she came in and she said, he opened the microwave door for me. My hands were full. And, and he anticipated that I needed help, and he opened the door for me. And she couldn't see something like that before. So mm. she's, you know, and it wasn't as, the thing is, change happens in these small, mundane moments. You know, so it wasn't like she made this grand, oh, my gosh, you opened the microwave door for me. Thank you so much. And our marriage is fixed. Um,
1: it was... But that might have been the only kind thing he did for her all yes, day. Yes, And right. she noticed it.
0: And she noticed it. And, and so, she, thank, thank you. Thank you for opening the, the microwave door for me. And we came in, we celebrated this, this small little thing and she was ex- rejoicing, I was rejoicing with her and, and it was like um, maybe two or three months into it, she said, you know, she came and she said, my husband said, I feel like we're becoming friends mm. and so he hadn't been willing to come in but, but what the work she was doing and mm. for her being willing to, to grace hunt her husband, which is so hard mm. to look for good in somebody that is hurting you yeah. and is, is the source of your pain, mm. um, And you know the thing is, we can err on the side of okay. Well, I tried that, and my marriage didn't get fixed. I tried that, and and it's not so much a strategy as it is just a way of life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm just doing. I'm not expecting anything back. I'm just doing it because um, I'm I'm, I'm just called to. And
1: I'm not doing it just because it might work. Yeah. I'm doing it because God is inviting me to grow as I do it.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And along those lines, there's this quote, and I want to finish with a conversation on this quote that you shared with me from Ed Welch, where he says, God loved me more than I loved him. Now I get to love others more than they love me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That is such a powerful quote. Because I think there are a lot of people probably in a situation where they feel like, I'm the one that's constantly working on this. I'm the one that's constantly trying to make this better. I don't feel like my spouse is is joining me in this process and I'm really discouraged and I'm tired and I'm beat up. Mm
0: -hmm. But I
1: feel like this quote potentially reminds us of where we could get the power to keep going.
0: Yes. It's, it's really, you know, you look at Christ, and he loved us while we were his enemy mm. and, and didn't deserve it. And so now we get the opportunity to do it. We don't, yeah. we don't have to do it. And so I always want to tip the scale to, like, well, I'm, I'm loving you more. Um, and it, it's hard. So an argument or a disagreement is always an opportunity mm. to, um, to grow. Mm. And, and maybe we, we do it wrong. The, this gal, she, that we were just talking about, she had come in and, and they had our, you know, the daily, daily fights, right? And, and she came in and she said, um, it wasn't about not having the conflict, but she said it was in the midst of the conflict that um, she was growing. It was a different mm-hmm. opportunity. She said, I prayed in the middle of, of the our argument and so she you know we were dr- rejoicing like I'm yeah. doing it differently I'm yeah. I'm turning to him in this
1: yeah well that's the thing is that our our growth and our development just takes so much time you know mm-hmm. I was uh, with a gentleman the other day who you know is a lot more seasoned in life than me and he said hey here's my big question when am I going to be fixed <laughs> right and he yeah. was kidding because he knows yeah. you're not going to be yeah. like this is just a long obedience in the same direction um, and yet, I feel like the way that, that Jesus, as our faithful spouse, has loved us more than we loved him, I think that gives us a whole new power to pursue this. So, um, Vicky, I really, really appreciate you um, doing this. Um, and I especially appreciate the humility that you've demonstrated here, the vulnerability. You've shared things uh, that most of us wouldn't want to share with anyone, <laughs> let alone a few hundred people. And so, um, I think that even itself has modeled how um, if If we embrace the humility that comes with believing in Christ, uh, we can move forward in communication. So, will you all join me in thanking? Thank you. Thank you.